This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That I'm very lucky to be joined on Football CFB by a goalkeeper and a guest who has achieved a lot in football, achieved promotions through the English league system, has played in Scotland with Dunfermline Athletic, got to a Scottish Cup final as well, and also played for Glasgow Celtic um, as part of their treble winning seasons, which is something that not many Celtic players can say as well. That man is Doris de Vries. Doris, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, uh, Callum. Thank you very much. The first question I've got for you before we talk about your career, when you, you left Celtic, you retired from football. What are you up to now? Uh, well, straight away after retirement, I went to, the, um, uh, to do a master's uh, um, at the Johan Cruyff Institute in Amsterdam. Um, that's more so just to, um, to have a look around how it, how it is behind the scenes uh, in sports in general. And... You know, I've been playing actively for over 20 years of professional uh, career. And, um, I, I, you know, it was just time to gain knowledge uh, outside or off the pitch. And um, I felt this gave me great focus as well in terms of that I needed to gain, gain knowledge, what was happening in the, in the uh, professional world uh, off the pitch. And, um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that, that was my first year after retirement, really. And uh, I finished the Masters uh, a couple of months ago. It was very enjoyable, um, a great learning experience for me because I haven't been in the books for a very, very long time, but uh, it, it was very, very enjoyable and gave me new insights as well. And um, currently, um, I've, uh, the last uh, couple of weeks, I had uh, um, a, a couple of meetings with a, uh, a former football player and, and now agent, uh, Dirk van Burek. I used to play uh, many years in, in, the, in the German Bundesliga. And uh, he's got an agency called uh, uh, Euro Soccer Advice. And uh, so I joined the team there. Very exciting. And in terms of the future, is it more the business side of football you see yourself being involved in? Or do you think there will come a day where you want to be a manager yourself? Uh, well, a couple of years ago, if you ask me this question, then I, you know, I started orientating myself as well on the uh, UEFA courses. So uh, I've done the uh, UEFA C and B. Uh, levels with the Welsh FA. Uh, I actually wanted to kick on with this, but uh, the master uh, I gave last year my priority uh, because indeed what you're saying uh, in terms of the business side of, of football, that's something that I really feel um, uh, that, that will give me new insights and something to look forward to. So um, like I said, I really, really enjoyed the master last year. And I think this is a, a next logical step for me to uh, to kick on really with all the experiences that I've uh, a game throughout the years as a, as a professional football player. Uh, it's actually nice to have, uh, have a different insight, you know, from, um, yeah, from, 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 the, from the world of football, but then the business side of things. When you were growing up, were you always a goalkeeper or were you an outfield player first? No, no, no. I actually started quite late when I was, uh, I always was an outfield player. And uh, until the age of 14, actually, I started playing wow. goals. 
and uh, it was quite late. Uh, it seemed to be quite common with the Dutch goalies. Um, it was just something when I was younger, uh, I was an okay outfield player, you know, nothing special, but um, I, I, was, I was really enjoying it as an outfield player. But then a, a friend of mine um, actually wanted to become a goalkeeper. And there's uh, these been these promotional days in, in the school uh, holidays uh, from the Frans Hoek uh, uh, goalkeeping school. And Frans Hoek is a very well-known uh, goalkeeper coach. He used to be assistant manager as well at, at uh, Man United and a Dutch national team. And um, yeah, he, he linked us to a game uh, within the competition. But my friend didn't really want to go towards this um, yes, a goalkeeper camp on his own. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to join you. And uh, because I sometimes went into goals in training and, and it was something that I, I enjoyed as well. And because the competition uh, that they actually won it. So it was just regional, but uh, I won it. So my interest got spiked more and more. So I gained a new, a new passion into goalkeeping. And then all of a sudden I, I gained into the, or uh, went further into the competition, into the national uh, finals as well, which I won. So I won the Franz Hook goalkeeper competition at the age of 14 uh, nationally at, at the Feyenoord Stadium, the Kuip. Uh, and then, yeah, ever since I was hooked, you know, to become a goalkeeper and, and actually got my first invites uh, at, at the professional clubs as well. Uh, if I wanted to have a look and, and, and further explore the opportunity of becoming a goalkeeper. So that, that was my first steps. And in terms of your steps into the professional game, so many people like myself will know you from your spells in the UK, but before you, you arrived in the UK, you played for Telstar and you played for Den Haag many, many times. What was your experience of Dutch football like? Uh, Dutch football gave me a, um, yeah, especially as a goalkeeper as well, you know, the build-up play from the back. Um, I think that really suited me in the beginning because I was an outfield player for, for such a long time. Um, and, and actually, when I first made my debut, I only played in goals for three and a half years. Um, so there was a, a quick learning school that I went through, uh, gained, gained a lot of uh, knowledge uh, on the pitch. And, and I, had, I, was, I was fortunate that I had uh, many goalkeeper coaches at, at that time as well that, that helped me progress because uh, I, I needed to you know, gain a lot of uh, technical ability within, within just a couple of years. And um, yeah, so I was very, very fortunate to start at a small club because it gave me the opportunity to start as a, as a, as a first team goalkeeper, as a number one at the age of 19. And, and from that moment on, it went really, really quick, you know. So you have to adapt to professional life. And um, I was very fortunate to, to start at a club which was locally to me, but played professionally and um, went into the first division and then got my move to Ader Den Haag which is a, uh, a very, very nice club back home as well, you know, well supported. And uh, this uh, became a next logical step because, you know, it was in the Eredivisie at the time. Uh, they just got promoted and uh, had, had three lovely years there, but it was time to move on from there as well. Uh, after my contract expired, I had lots of opportunities to play back home, to continue back home. But the feeling of, of playing, especially down in the UK, whether it was Scotland or the English leagues, that was really something that I had my, my eyesight on. And, and luckily the opportunity came along with Dunfermline. And in terms of Dunfermline, did you know much about the club before you signed? And, and, and also as well, did it take you long to adapt to life in Scotland or was it quite seamless? No, no, the, 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 um, 
I, I knew some Dutch players in the past that, that used to play down there. Uh, Michel Dusberg, which, which is a good uh, friend of mine. You know, Ruitenbeek uh, as, as a goalkeeper used to play there as well. And uh, actually the one uh, that facilitated that move was uh, Jack de Gier. And so he was a well-known uh, figure as well. So he facilitated that move for me down to uh, Vermeulen, uh, which was still under managerial guidance of uh, Mr. Jim Leishman, a uh, fantastic character. And um, I, I must say, you know, at the time when I just arrived, you're, you're like new. And, and the first time that I arrived, I was sitting with a couple of the older Scottish pros at a table having lunch. And I thought, you know, I, I, speak, a, I speak a fair few words of English, but now the, the, the Vermont accent and the East Fife accent was very hard to break down for <laughs> a couple of weeks. But um, it, it, it was just, you know, the, the whole situation at the club at the time, the guys were so super friendly and, and they felt me, you know, I felt like I was part of the team and, and, and the family at Dunferman straight away. And that was such a warming feeling because the year prior to that, you know, it's just, I lost my dad, uh, which was a, a very hard time. And then to go abroad for the very first time in my career as well. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a, a new, uh, bold move. Um, but it was something that I was very much looking forward to. And I was, I was glad that I arrived at Dunferman, such a lovely, warm club in Scotland. I've got to ask you about one of your managers at Dunfermline and Stephen Kenny. He's now the manager of the Republic of Ireland. So he's went on to achieve quite a lot in the game by, by getting that job, of course. What was he like as a manager for yourself? Uh, no, he, he was great. You know, he was great. It's just unfortunately at the time that we had at Dunfermline, we had a tough season uh, straight away from the start. We, we had some quality within our team for sure. Uh, but I remember, and it's been a long, a long while ago, but um, I remember that there were a fair few of injuries throughout the time from some key key players for us, and unfortunately, we we never could uh, keep a hold of the uh, the stars within our team uh, through injury, and uh, this was a shame because I felt like overall quality within our team and the experiences that we had. But it's just what it was just one of those seasons where we just you know we got relegated in the end, and, and of course we played the Scottish Cup final, but it was just a shame that that all that happened. And uh, Stephen Kenny took over after uh, Jim Leishman uh, stepped down. And, and for me, that was a sore sight because Jim Leishman was a, was a character that, you know, he would run through a wall for him. He was, he was, a, he was that type of guy that you would want to do so well for him. And, and I still remember the day that he had to say goodbye to the group. And he was very, very emotional at that time. And that, that was something that, you know, you feel it's mm, down to your core, really, you know, that you just couldn't be able to to help him out more and more as, as a team and uh, unfortunately it happened Stephen Kenny came in uh, with with a good reputation at the time that's something that I still remember that the people were talking of high regard uh, about him and he was very young at the time as well and he'd done very very well in his in his country and you know straight away you could notice as well that he is uh, he had a, a great eye for detail within the game and um, like I said it's just a little bit um, late that he arrived in that season, but you can notice that he had uh, he had certain qualities as a football manager that you would like to see in a football manager for sure. You, you mentioned the fact it was a tough season in the league. The club gets relegated, if you've, as you've said, which which no club or no player wants. However, you do get to the Scottish Cup final, as you mentioned. It's against Celtic, who obviously many years later you go on to play for. What was it like going into that Scottish Cup final? Because it was a historic game for Celtic in the sense that it was Neil Lennon, who obviously now the manager, the captain at the time. It was his last game 
And you think of the players, fellow Dutchman, Jan Venegur of Hesselink, Nakamura, Magidi, uh, really towards his peak. So you're talking about a Celtic team that had immense quality. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, at, at the time, we, we just got relegated a couple of weeks before that, uh, that game, uh, which was a hard pill to swallow. But then, um, yeah, you, you step into the final, uh, which was a, a fantastic achievement. You know, I just wish that at the times that we that we, we were able to to uh, that cup form that we that we had at a time that we were able to to switch that around to the league. And unfortunately, that never happened uh, because everybody would have wanted you know to stay in the league instead of playing a cup final. But then yet again, it happened. Uh, we, we played a cup final, which was a, a great venue for a lot of the players. Which is of course is going to be a highlight of of uh, you know not not many players are going to play finals. But again, again, to play a game like that against a high-profile club like Celtic at a time with such fantastic players was, of course, a great opportunity for the club. And, and you know, it was uh, just unfortunately that we lost at the time, but um, I felt Celtic de- deserved it at the time. And in terms of the goal itself, because you are a goalkeeper, just how heart-wrenching is it to, to keep Celtic out for well over 80 minutes and then be punished as such in the last 10 minutes of the game? Yeah, it's just, you know, it's like I said earlier as well, you know, it's, it's, it's so difficult at that time as well. I, I remember it was so hot uh, and so warm, uh, which was uh, very unusual for that uh, <laughs> type of day in Scotland anyway. But um, yeah, we, we fought so hard throughout the whole season, actually. And, you know, you, you, you wanted to stay and, and end the season on, 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 on a positive and in relative terms, you know, because the relegation was still a heavy blow. For, for everybody involved at the firm, but we still wanted to give everybody a, 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 a final glimpse of hope. And uh, unfortunately, the last 10 minutes, you know, they, they were just too much. And unfortunately as well, you know, just got through the legs of a defender, goes far stick, and yeah, it's just unfortunate really. Um, and then, you know, you lose the cup and, uh, and, and Celtic win. And after that, you feel devastated because you're empty-handed. You know, that's, uh, that's the tough side of football sometimes. Um, no matter how well you play or no matter how well the team has done, in the end, if you lose the game, you're empty-handed and, you know, you've got to keep on going and, and trying to try to get the most out of it, really. Overall, um, your time at Dunfermline, the cup final was a real high, obviously getting relegated as a low. You went on to play for clubs that are bigger than Dunfermline in terms of re- reputation, of course, but overall, do you have fond memories of that season in Scotland? Yeah, no, no, exactly. It, 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 everything that, that, like I said, Dunfermline is, is definitely a special club for me because it, it first, with, with Jim Leishman, gave me an opportunity to come there and, and, and gain experience within the, uh, the, the Scottish League. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a lovely place that my teammates as well, like I said earlier, they, they responded so well to me arrive, to my arrival there at the time. Uh, you know, that it's, I still, I still hold something that I thought, you know, at that time, uh, you know, lovely, lovely people to work with, and, and you wanted to give them even more. And you know, um, but it was time. Like I signed for a season, and you know, throughout the season, I, I was having uh, 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 general. I, I was having a, a good season, hence that I had opportunities to stay within Scotland. I think I had like five or six clubs at a time in, in the Scottish Premier League, uh, which I could be able to sign for after that season. And Stephen Kenny really wanted me to stay at Dunfermline, but then. As soon as uh, Roberto Martinez called me from Swansea City, they've, they've watched me over and over. I felt like you know this was the right next step for me uh, in my career. But like I said, I've got very fond memories of the people in and around Dunfermline, for sure. It will always 
be a club that I'm very thankful for um, that, that I made my first step in the, in the Scottish Leagues. In terms of um, Swansea and Roberto Martinez, what was it like when you joined Swansea? Because at that time, Roberto was a very young coach, but he clearly, even back then at Swansea, knew exactly how he wanted to play football. Oh, he was very de- determined in the, in the way that he, uh, he, had, uh, he had a vision about the game. And, you know, he's, he, I think he just took over the last 14 or 15 games of that season. And he still managed to almost win every single game of that stage and, and, and almost got into the, final, uh, into the playoffs. And Swansea were very, you know, the, the vision that he had with the club um, was very, very ambitious. And he had a certain style of play in mind. And he, learned, he needed certain individuals and he scouted those individuals. And, you know, that puzzle came to, you know, I felt straight away when he called me up uh, and, and invited me to, the, to, to Swansea that this was going to be something special. I believe that. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, he, sold, he sold me Swansea City very, very well. And, you know, the whole setup for the club's point of view as well was very, very nice with a great stadium, great facilities. Um, and, and they signed a, a former teammate of mine uh, just a couple of week, uh, weeks prior to, to my arrival, Ferry Bode at, the, at that, out of Den Haag, I used to play with. And he had such a great feeling about the manager as well at the time. So um, it was just a logical step for me. Uh, and, and I definitely feel that it was going to be a project. That, um, and that's what at, time, at the time that he's, he said to me as well, within five years, it's going to be a Premier, League, uh, a Premier League club. And I was pretty right about that. He certainly was. And in terms of Martinez as well, see, as a goalkeeper, was he very upfront and honest with you from day one that he wanted you to be comfortable on the ball and be able to play with your feet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's straight away what he said. Um, at the film, it was a different style of play for me when I, when I just arrived from back home. You know, in Holland, we used to play uh, outside, uh, just, just you know, play, play with the centre-backs, uh, play with the, uh, the full-backs. And, and play uh, the ball on the floor. At the firm, it was the opposite way. I still remember the first couple of games that, uh, that uh, the manager said, you know, just, just hit it up front, uh, 80, 80, 90 yards uh, from the goal. Uh, uh, first timers, you know, just hoof it up there and, uh, and our strikers will, uh, will fight for it. Um, but then yet again, you know, it was just a different style of play. But then still, Roberto and the scouts at the time recognized uh, my qualities um, and in terms that I was able to bring in something that he felt like, you know, with the experience that I had in the Firmland, uh, but also with my experiences from back home, um, he recognized that I could be a valuable uh, squad member at, the, at, the, at Swansea and, and, and become a pivotal uh, role for him at the, at the Swansea side the way that he wanted to play. And, and that felt great for me because then I could really, really be myself. Um, it gave me full, full confidence. Uh, he said, you know, Doris at the time, whatever you do with the ball, you know, just, just try and, and, and keep all possession for us. And, and uh, you find a solution, you find a solution. I trust your abilities. And he was like this as a manager towards the majority of the players. You know, he gave them full uh, responsibility in terms of their own qualities and, and, and try to explore it as much as possible. And um, also a nice thing at the time was that you know the, I remember reading the press at times as well is that the way that we that he wanted to play a, a lot of pundits at the time were saying that nah, this, this is not going to work in league one you know it's just not going to work in league one and then yet again you know he, he managed to to to, to yeah, build a squad which was able to play some very very nice football and, and I remember opposition still calling us Swansea Lona 
at the time, you know, by the by the style of, of play that we had. And um, yeah, like I said, you know, he was a great, great manager and he, and he gave us great ability, like great trust in our ability. And um, and he had a great vision and he, he definitely made made us um, made us achieve it. You mentioned um, Ferry Bodder earlier on as someone you'd played with previously. He was a player who, in that League One campaign at Swansea and at the start of his Swansea career, was incredibly impressive. I know injuries ended up impacting upon him. Just how good was he? Nah, he was he was such a great player. He was he was phenomenal. Um, I even remember him when he was at Den Haag already. You know, he could spray pass, passes left, right, and center, and, and you know he could find, find like he could, could put put a player. Uh, in in one v one situations up front with the, within a blink of an eye, you know he was so creative in in terms of his passing, and he had such a fantastic range of passing as well. But then yet again, you know his injuries unfortunately, um, yeah, set down his his career, uh, which was such a shame because at Swansea he made a new fresh start. You know at Den Haag um, his contract expired. He went to uh, to Swansea. I think he came there in in a warm bath. Um, in terms of the manager as well, which gave him uh, a lot of confidence, which is uh, which he which he needed at that time, and and he was he was flourishing. You know, the players recognized his quality instantly, and uh, he made a, he made a great impact. He scored some fantastic goals. Uh, you know, he was he was a favorite amongst the fans, and I, I have some great special uh, memories from him. He used to be my roommate as well. You know, it's uh, yeah, he's he's a fantastic character. But, but yeah, it's just a shame to see that his career just got cut short by by terrible injuries. And uh, this is something that in the football life as well, you never take things for granted. You know, even if you're a player, um, and and you know, a career just doesn't build as on its own. And um, it's just a shame to see a player because he was definitely Premier League worthy, definitely Premier League worthy, and just got cut short by 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 very tough injuries. I need to ask you about Jason Scotland, a player who had played in, up in Scotland, of course, for, for many years. He seems like such a laid-back character, but he scored so many goals in that League One campaign. No, he's, he's, yeah, he, was, he was a very valuable uh, squad member as well. Yet again, was a, a great scouting from, uh, from, the, from the club at the time. And uh, that, that's once he was able to, uh, to attract him to the club. And he's been, he's been fantastic ever since. And he deserved his move to Wigan to the Premier League at the time as well. And uh, he was a very, very laid-back character, and uh, I remember outrunning him in a uh, bleep test as well. He was—he was so laid-back that he was just—he could, he couldn't really be bothered about the bleep test. I, th- I still remember, I think, um, outrunning him in a game. But then yet again, <laughs> at the end of the stats, it, you know, he scored the winning goal. So he was like, "I'm, I'm still doing my job," and he was—he was phenomenal. You know, he was always at the right time, right place, and he was super strong and. And he was actually that type of character, which was because of it was laid back. You know, you always had a good laugh with him, and and he was managing the, the dressing room in his way with his smile and and the way just his his his, his personality was was such a uh, breath of fresh air at times. You know, it was fantastic to work with him. You played every single match in the season that you win League One. Just how proud are you of that achievement when you look back? Because to play every single game as a goalkeeper shows that you are uh, safe hands in the, in the eyes of the manager. And as well, winning any league title, I imagine, is just the, the most incredible achievement. 
No, exactly. You know, it's just the, 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 the way it goes, like in football as in life, you know, it, it has its ups and downs and you have your good moments, you have your bad moments, but this definitely is one of those uh, things in, in my career that I look back and, and say, you know, this has been, is, is, is fantastic to be a part of this, uh, this team. I think as a whole, as, as a club, it was a, a great achievement. I think it was fantastic for Roberto. I think it was fantastic for the fans at the time, especially with the way that we played. It showed that uh, the outside world, the pundits and, and, the, and the criticasters at the time that you could play fantastic football in League One and still uh, uh, get promoted and, and, and achieve something. And um, I, I feel really proud to be part of that, for sure. After that season, you go up to the Championship, of course. Again, you play every single game in the Championship. Is it a, is it a real step up in quality as a goalkeeper when you go up from League One to the Championship? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, I never experienced this, that as such a high difference, um, especially from the time that I remember as well from Championship to Premier League. It wasn't, it's, it's really small margins in, 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 the, in the very highest level. Uh, I always noticed that they're very, very small margins in, in gaining the absolute utmost best in, in the top professional level. But then yet again, you know, everything is just a little bit better. You know, the stadiums are a little bit bigger, the, the pitches are just a little bit nicer. Um, you notice there's a little bit more pressure in terms of, you know, there's a little bit more money involved for the clubs as well. The salaries go up, um, everything around the football, you get more exposure, there's more games on TV, and uh, you're, all, you're, you're one step away from Premier League football. That's something that plays on your mind as well, you know, within the, that, and that's so nice within the English leagues as well, is that, you know, you got three clubs fighting for promotion, and three clubs get relegated. So every season there's a lot of clubs, a lot of changes, and you're always one season away from actually like trying to achieve your dream and, and getting that promotional spot. And I felt at the time at Swansea that we had, we were in such a great shape um, on and off the pitch as as the club had in mind, that financially as well as well run at the time. Uh, it was a very, very tight ship with like-minded people within our squad as well. And everybody was very, very hungry. And um, that showed within those seasons in the championship. Um, but it was uh, the championship for me is, is still one of the most fantastic leagues to be involved in because of that promotional push that you got. Um, you know, it never seems to be that with the relegation as well. It's always tough, you know, to see there's like 12 or 13 teams fighting for relegation. There's still 12. 13 teams fighting for promotion. It's, it's madness sometimes. After Roberto Martinez, Paolo Sosa comes in, um, finished seventh under Paolo. Um, however, I really want to ask you how the club changed when Brendan Rodgers came in. He was a young coach at that stage, but when you look at what he achieved with that Swansea team um, to, to get promotion and to get that dream, as you've said, just what was he like to work with at that time? Yeah, it was, it was um, you know, well, first of all, when uh, Roberto left, you know, it was, of course, it was a big, big blow, but then yet again, he was ready for his next step. He was, he was a fantastic manager and he was, he was able to work at the, at the Premier League level, which, uh, you know, he, he was, his qualities were there, you know, and uh, like I said, he was, he was fantastic for us. Then Paolo came in and he was a very, very good manager at the time as well. You know, we, 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 we changed a little bit in, in terms of, we gained a lot of, um, uh, we, we played a little bit more defensively. Uh, which resulted in, in in a lot of clean sheets at the time as well. You know, as a, it's not only for a goalkeeper that you gain clean sheets. You know, it's a whole team effort. You know, I, I think that's definitely 
at the time we were so doing so well. We had the most clean sheets uh, that season as well. Um, but that, that's a team effort. And that was down to Paulo Sous as well. He just made us aware that, you know, defensively as well, we could gain some uh, positive points there. And unfortunately, we just missed out on, on playoffs that season because Blackpool, uh, at the last season, um, we weren't able to, to, to uh, win our last game of that season or else we would have been in the playoffs. But Blackpool done it and Blackpool got promoted in the end of the season. So that was fantastic for them. But then yet again, you know, the, the new season starts and... You know, Paolo was uh, was coming in for for a couple of weeks uh, during uh, preseason, and then uh, um, he left to Leicester uh, City at the time. And yeah, we were uh, without a manager. You know, during our one of the most important periods, uh, just just you know, in preseason before the season actually starts, and then Brendan Rodgers comes in. You know, which is um, yeah, it's, it's you know, I got no other words but a fantastic manager. You know, he's, he's, he at the time you could notice straight away that is uh, is is on the field, um, he, he was a he was a tactician. He was a, he was somebody that understood the game, and he was he was able to he, he had a vision, and he was able to to uh, translate that to the players on the pitch. And he was very very enthusiastic. And of course, the season before that, you know, he, he was at Reading, and and unfortunately, he, he got fired at the time. But he was he was you know you never could notice that on him. You know, he, he was just at the right at the wrong time at the wrong club at that time. Uh, but then yet again at Swansea, everything just fitted like a glove. And, you know, the team, the players uh, responded really, really well to him. He's a good communicator as well. I've got nothing but positive praise about uh, Brendan Rodgers. He's, he's uh, at that season, everything just changed and clicked. And we had that belief from the first moment on that he arrived, that we were going to be contenders to, to fight for promotion. And fight for promotion, you certainly did. Lots of people talk about the attacking talent you had. And I will come to those guys, but... You had yourself in goal and then you're back for Angel Rangel, who was at the club for so many years, Gary Monk as captain, Ashley Williams, Alan Tate. As a back five, just how important was it to, to, to play behind those guys because they were proper defenders? No, they were very, very good. Uh, like, you know, with, uh, with those guys been playing a, a couple of seasons, you know, already, you know, each other inside, outside, you know, it's, it's you know, the, the trust is so important. You know, the, 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 the common feeling that you have, the, the links, the, the trust is, is so important. And that gave confidence as well. You know, so uh, those guys to have, have in front of me were really, really, really good. And like I said, it all had to do with trust. I trusted their ability like they did in mine. And we knew exactly what we had, you know, uh, on each other's behalf. So it was just, it was fantastic to play with those guys. You know, Ashley kicked on as well. And Gary Monk has been you know, an Everest, like, great captain. Uh, Angel Rangel has been a great servant for the club as well. And, and you know, it was fantastic at that right back. And was just, you know, reading every single pass that I was giving him. He was just reading everything. And, and Alan Tate was just, like, a, a fantastic defender in the air. You know, he was, he was he had a great determination. And Neil Taylor at times as well, who was playing at the left back, was a great defender uh, with pace. So, yeah, we had, we had loads of guys in there. Um, and it was just such a joy to play with them. Definitely, like after now I'm retired, I can look back and say, you know, that it was definitely a joy playing with the whole team because the whole team was every link just connected really, real, really, really well with each other, and that was so enjoyable. You know, it was uh, if somebody made a mistake, it was you know, keep on going, keep on going. We trusted the process. We trusted the process. We trusted in each other. And with the manager made us believe that we could do it. 
and this is why it was so enjoyable. And um, looking back, it was a fantastic time. It was, and another one of those players I want to ask you about individually is Leon Britton, a player, in my opinion, who by Swansea fans, of course, is highly rated, but I actually feel he was an underrated player by other fans. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a lot. he was one of those players that uh, within our team we, we, you know, we valued him very, very highly. Uh, he was fantastic. He, he read the second balls. He never really had to go into an air duel, but he was just able to read the ball where it was just going to drop. He was there picking it up. He had a good first touch. He was able to shift the ball to to the players around him who could do something else with it. You know, he, he never seemed to lose a ball. Whenever he had the ball you knew it was going to be played to another Swansea player. And, and even with two players in his back, uh, whether he's going to be under pressure or not, you could always play him in. And you were always going to be certain that he was going to be able to find another team player. And he was, he was, he was, he was of high importance at the time because he left to, uh, to uh, Sheffield United uh, the first half of that season. And then he came in, in January, he came back again. And, you know, he was, he was ever so special for us. He was fantastic. He, he was a very, very, uh, he was a link-up player for us, pivot uh, and uh, fantastic. I've got to ask you about a man who, again, like, like yourself, goes to Celtic later on in his career, Scott Sinclair, a lot younger at the time. And he was just so key that season. Was he the sort of guy who, when you went into any game, you knew he had a chance of scoring at least one? Yeah, for sure. Even when he was not really into the game yet, he knew he had that quality and, and the gaffer knew that as well. Brandon knew that as well at the time that, you know, he was doing something special within the last 10 minutes and he would score a goal. And like I said, there was that trust that we had amongst the players uh, individually uh, that, that we were able to, to find him in a certain way that he was able to do something special. And I think uh, that that was key for Brandon at the time as well that he brought in uh, Scott Sinclair because he was a game changer for us at the time with his uh, very important goals and uh, he was just that missing puzzle link you know in there and um, it was just a great fit for us at the club and for him as well it was that new spike that he needed in his career uh, to kick on and um, he, he, he done fantastic that season and he was ever 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 important for Swansea but yet again we, we talk like I, I like I like for example Nathan Dyer as well you know, he's, he's, he's still at the club and as, as a right winger, you know, there's not many right wingers that I say he's, he's, he's been phenomenal. Underrated for sure, but he was, uh, he, he worked so, so hard. He was technically very, very good. He, he had pace. And yet again, it was one of those players where you could fully trust in his abilities. And it was fantastic. It was, it was, it was honestly, it was a good, good team. Going into that playoff final against Reading, did Brendan Rodgers have you as players believing that you were going to win that match? Yeah, yeah, definitely. He gave us the, the feeling uh, and, and the, 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 the attitude and the awareness that we were able to dominate every single game. And that, that was like, like I said earlier as well, it was from the first moment on, it was, um, it, it was going to happen. It was going to happen. From the first game on that we played with each other, we, the majority of the group at, uh, at Swansea was, was together for the, like the majority of four years, almost. And, um, you know, like I said, the trust within the team was fantastic. And then the manager just changed here and there what he thought was needed within the game and uh, within the, 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 the group of players. And that was fantastic as well. And he gave us always the feeling that we were the dominant side, and, and which we were. So, yeah, no, he definitely was, was able to... Um, 
to help us lift our spirits for sure. When you look at that playoff final, you, you're very convincing win. The club aren't going into the Premier League. You've retired now, so I can, I can ask you this question. In a sense, do you regret leaving Swansea to join Wolves, considering that they had got to the Premier League and you were the number one? Yeah, yeah, I can say that now, yeah. Yeah, it's something that, um, uh, looking back, back uh, was probably the biggest mistake that I've made. Yeah. Um, a shame, really, because at the time, and, and this is the hard part in, in life sometimes, and especially when, you, when you're talking about your professional career as well, is that you know you make decisions on the information that you got at that time. And, and at the time, I had the information that, that was given my feeling, my gut feeling as well, that I had to leave. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I made the wrong decision. Uh, you know, I have to man up and say, yeah, truly, if I look back, it's something, um, looking back, Swansea was one of those clubs that, you know, I should have stayed. I should have stayed, simple as. Uh, unfortunately, I left, like I said earlier, you know, I, I wish I had that that, that crystal uh, ball and, and look into the future and see what happened. But um, uh, unfortunately, just things didn't work out for me at Wolves. Uh, I instantly got injured as well in, in pre-season. Um, and, and, you know, I had great goalkeepers to, to fight up against, which Wayne Hennessy which had a great season. We got relegated later on. I started playing at, the, at Wolves. We got relegated, unfortunately, from the Premier League. And Swansea ever done so well. And yeah, you know, it's nothing but positives about Swansea City. And, and I wish them, you know, at the time as well, I wish them all the good fortune that they had at the time. And, uh, but like, like, like you said as well, looking back, I think it, it's definitely the biggest mistake that I made. And um, uh, it, it's still... Maybe I can say that now because I hold the club in such respect in my heart that I can look back on, on all the memories that I had down there that I feel like that, that's very, very special. So maybe they're even more dearer for me now than, than probably if I would have stayed. But then yet again, you know, you're just talking whether it's, you know, apple and pears. You know, it's just one of them. Um, it's um, It was definitely a special... I've got so many special memories from there, but it was definitely a mistake leaving the club. In terms of Wolves, you mentioned the fact it's tough there. You're, you've went from being the number one goalkeeper to having to compete along with someone else. And, and obviously managers prefer maybe sometimes one goalkeeper over another for whatever reason. It was tough there, but am I right in saying that Brendan Rodgers wanted to take you to Liverpool when he went there? Yeah, exactly. This, you know, It just showed you that um, at the time, uh, Brendan was really profiling himself uh, within the leagues as well, and um, still at, at the end of the season, it was it was quite funny as well. It was they were uh, I was down on holiday with a couple of my friends uh, in in, uh, in in Marbella at the time, and um, I was just walking on the street, and then all of a sudden I feel a, a little bump on my shoulder, and uh, looked around, and I was flabbergasted really, and it was uh, it was Brendan Rodgers, so he gave me a big hug. You know, we had, um, we had we had a good talk, and you know, it was just he said, oh, "It's just su such a shame that you left the club as well." And you know, we had a good good talk, and um, actually after the meeting or after the talk, uh, we just went both our separate ways. And I was talking to my friends, and my friends actually said, "Well, you know what? You just signed for Liverpool as well. You, you you know, you might be going to Liverpool, you know, because we could notice the the instant connection that you've got with the manager as well." And um, like I said, within that meeting as well, he, he mentioned a couple of times that, you know, he, 
we felt it was such a shame that I left Swansea. You know, I was an underrated goalkeeper at the time as well. And um, but then yet again, I was like, nah, he's, he's never going to sign me at Liverpool. You know, that's never going to happen. Uh, especially after because I haven't played many games at Wolves at that season. We just got relegated from the Premier League as well. And then yet again, uh, I was just a couple of days in, in Wolverhampton, uh, just um, uh, having the, the pre-season, normal pre-season routine. And I missed a phone call from, uh, from Brendan Rodgers, you know, I thought, Oof, what's, uh, what's happening now, you know? Um, maybe he misdialed. But then yet again, uh, he, he phoned me up again and then, um, you know, we had a little bit of a conversation and, and, and you know, maybe to, to have a little bit of a, a feeling about the future at the, at the club and, and see if I, uh, if it was something for, for Liverpool. You know, and it was, you know, it's just one of those things that didn't happen in the end, unfortunately. But uh, because the clubs didn't, um, yeah, they, w- they weren't able to to uh, get an agreement, unfortunately for me. That was just one of those sad things as well that happens in life and if, in, in your professional life. You don't join Liverpool. You leave Le- uh, Wolves eventually to join um, Nottingham Forest after another season with the club. You go in there and it's it's an interesting time when you look back at your your, your Nottingham Forest career in the sense that you were in the t- uh, you were in the team and then you were out the team and then you get in and stay in. Just how frustrating was that at times? Because I imagine for you, when you think back to your Swansea days, when you knew you were the number one goalkeeper, that's the best thing mentally to prepare yourself week in, week out. Yeah, the, the, the thing was that after my second year at Wolves, uh, so I played there still a couple of games uh, at Wolves uh, when Dean Sanders came in. And uh, then... Um, uh, you know, it was a new summer. You know, again, Wolverhampton got relegated, unfortunately. But then uh, Kenny Jacket came in, um, and, and it was just time for me to leave. You know, it was just time for me to leave. So I was looking around. I had, I had the possibilities to go back home again. I had other possibilities within the uh, within the English leagues. And uh, Nottingham Forest with Billy Davis actually came along, and I, I still have Billy Davis as, as, as a good manager. And uh, but then, unfortunately, unfortunately for me. Uh, Nottingham Forest had Carl Darlow, which was a, a very uh, a talented young goalkeeper at the time. And uh, he profiled himself towards the end of that season before that uh, uh, my arrival. And rightfully so, Billy Davis started him. And then uh, uh, Carl Darlow went on to have a great season and I managed to get a uh, transfer to uh, Newcastle. And after that period, I, I managed to get into the team. And um, it, 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 Yet again, Nottingham Forest holds a special place for me because, it, uh, especially with Steve Sutton as well, the goalkeeper coach at the time, he gave me confidence. He gave me uh, the trust when I was 34 again to believe in my own abilities. And I was able to, uh, to have a great season, one of my best playing seasons ever, I think, in terms of making saves and, and be uh, very, very um, um, yeah, important at times with, with, with saves. And um, that was a very enjoyable season, you know, and I, I managed to, to become a player of the season with the fans and all that kind of stuff, which is quite nice, you know, but especially because the seasons prior to that, you're having a little bit of a difficult time uh, because you're not playing regularly. And, and I'm always the type of guy who's, you know, always trying to give his utmost best in training as well and, and never settled for that second role, really. And I always wanted to gain more and more. And then um, once you get the opportunity, and you know the fans start to 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 back you up as well, and, and the manager, and, and like I said, Steve Sutton at the time was a great goalkeeper coach, before his legend as well. But the, the training sessions were so enjoyable um, that I started to make, yeah, I, you know, I, I started to make progression again and, and played a, a great season. And um, at Forest, yet again, it was a fantastic club, and luckily, 
I had my opportunity there as well and to experience what Nottingham Forest was all about. The experience with Forest about, you mentioned the fact you were the, the Player of the Year. You also won three Player of the Month awards back-to-back, which just showcases um, just what it was like for you at Nottingham Forest in that season when you finally became number one, which again for me is testament to you and your career. Following Forest, Brendan Rodgers goes to Celtic. Celtic show interest. Was it a no-brainer to say, I need to go and join a club the size of Celtic? Yeah, no, no, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. Uh, despite that, I really, really enjoyed my time at, at Nottingham Forest, uh, the, the city as well. But the, the, my family actually really, really enjoyed it. And uh, as, as soon as Celtic came in, it's just like on, on every single level, Celtic is just that club that you can't say no to. You know, it's, it's the size of that club is unbelievable. And that was something that I always wanted to experience within my career, whether I was going to be starting or whether I'm not going to be playing. I just needed to experience that feeling uh, of what it meant to be part of that big, big club and, and to look in the kitchen of a massive club like Celtic. It was a great opportunity at the time. And uh, Nottingham Forest was very, like, were not really keen of, of letting me go. You know, uh, I had that great connection with the fans at the time. I was really in my place there as well. Uh, you know, I was enjoying it with the goalkeeper coach. I was enjoying it with the manager at the time. And, um, you know, it's, it's just Celtic, you can't say no to. Simple. And then especially when Ben Rodgers comes in as well. And um, it was just something that, um, that, that yeah, I kind of hoped at the time that was going to happen. It was still quite close because, like I said, Nottingham Forest were really not keen on letting me go. But then yet again, they managed to fee with uh, a small fee with, uh, uh, with Celtic and a manager of Forest at the time as well, and the technical director at the time actually um, said to me, yeah, we, we, can't, we cannot let you not go because we know how much this means for you and we don't, we don't want to stand in your way of your dream. You know, especially at the, that was my final opportunity to achieve something like that. And um, I, I was very fortunate that the, that the people at the club actually you know, thought along uh, that line and uh, I got my opportunity uh, to, to join a massive club like like Celtic. When you joined Celtic, you'd worked with Brendan Rodgers before when he was a younger manager. When you, you joined Celtic, he had obviously been at Swansea, he'd left, he'd went to Liverpool and, and when he came in at Celtic. Was he different at all in the sense that he had more experience? Um, well, you could definitely see that he, he definitely progressed again, you know, and the first time that I met him as well, he was still that warms like that same type of manager that you, you know fantastic feeling straight away when you walk into his room uh like, like all the old memories come come straight away instantly uh in your mind again and uh he was so approachable at the time but you could definitely sense that he, he, he progressed and uh you know the, the aura around him sometimes you know as an as a individual as well that he had around him was was fantastic you know full of belief and uh he, he was definitely uh, onto something with Celtic in terms of his mind that he he, he wanted to grow the club even even more and and um, with all the experiences that he gained with Swansea and, and Liverpool at the time as well uh, it was just a, as a manager it was a fantastic signing for Celtic as well at the time and, and he just you know I, I think he done well the prices the, the titles etc etc was uh, was just evident of that and um like I said earlier on, he's, he's a fantastic manager and he's he done a fantastic job at, uh, at Celtic as well. I've got to ask you about the, the Celtic uh, versus Rangers match, 5-1. Moussa Dembele scores a hat-trick. It was a match that 
that really made headlines across the world. I've, I've spoken to Joey Barton, and, and, and Joey was honest about his performance and the performance of Rangers that day. Really, as, as I say, with Dembele, one of the, the most clinical performances in that match. How did it feel for you to play for Celtic in a match like that, considering that you'd been at Dunfermline, you, you knew how big Celtic and Rangers were. So just how did it feel to step out on the pitch at Celtic Park in one of those old firm derbies? It's, it's, it's one of those pivotal moment, moments in your career as well where you, where you start to realise, yeah, this is fantastic. You know, This is something that I always wanted to achieve and, and to be part of. And then all of a sudden you're playing the old firm uh, at Celtic Park, stadium full, um, where you know it was the first time that, uh, that that Rangers were in the league as well. There were high hopes, and then uh, yet again we had such strong belief within our team. And then, uh, like like you said earlier as well, with Dembele having a clinical performance that he had as as a whole team, it was just the whole experience was fantastic. You know, it's it's one of those games as a player that you you just want to you want to play in. Uh, it's something unique. The, the the whole derby, the whole city is in you know in in in, in such a state of mind already that you noticed everything wherever you went, whether it was in a taxi ride to the hotel, uh, whether it was going to the stadium, you could see all the people on the streets and, and people cheering you on and you just want to win so badly. And then, like I said, a sold out Celtic Park, yeah, nothing beats that. You know, nothing beats that. The atmosphere that day was unbelievable. And it was a great result. And um, I've, I've, play, I've played some some other derbies in the past, which were great games. Swansea Cardiff was a fantastic game on his own as well. But then yet again, because of the old firm, because of the history there as well, within, and then you sit in the stadium with 60-odd thousand people. Yeah, that's something special. Very special. In terms of the Celtic dressing room, who were the big characters in the team and, and because obviously you've got Brendan Rogers, who's a big character as a manager, but who are the big characters in the dressing room? Because when you look at that season, to not only win the treble, but go the league season unbeaten, take some doing. No, that's, yeah. I, I know the Scottish leagues will get some stick from outside of Scotland, um, especially down south. But then yet again, it's to be unbeaten that season, to win a treble, it's 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 something that's you know it's hard to put words into it, but um, you gotta have big characters, the team, you know, the whole mental, um, how do you say this? The the, the 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 mindset is of such importance, and and I, I felt like the whole team was was gaining whether you were playing, whether you're not playing, you know, not playing. Everybody just wanted to do well. Everybody wanted to do, like for the club to do well, and had one goal. And that was, you know, winning everything, and that's a that's a that's a different mindset, and yeah, the, the big, very big character I felt like, you know, Scott Brown, Rooney was a was a was fantastic, but then yet again, you know, we had so many other big characters within our dressing room, and we were very fortunate, with, of course, with with Brendan as well signing uh, Musa Dembele, which was a uh, we had, which had a, a fantastic season, and then uh, you know, like Jamesy Forrest as well was a fantastic player. And then uh, McGregor coming on, you know, and doing, you know, so well as well. Um, yeah, we had, we had many, many individuals, but the whole team was so strong. And not even the, the, the starting 11, but the whole team unified. And only then it's possible to, to, to do something and to achieve something like that. And, and that was one of the strong suits from Brendan at the time as well. Scott Sinclair had a fantastic season, you know, scoring many, many, many important goals. Um, so, like I said, you know, 
definitely Bruni is definitely one of those big characters who, who, who was the, the, the big, you know, the, the, the captain within the dressing room, which was very, very important. One of the things that I want to ask you about, um, you had a difficult game against Kilmarnock at home. Is that the sort of game that as your goalkeeper knocks your confidence in any way? Or is it one of those things that when you get back to the training ground and you, you, you work with Stevie, would you just say to yourself, I need to let that go and, and, and try and get back into this team as quickly as possible? Basically, uh, um, well, Stevie Woods, I know from a, per- a period at Confirmant, Stevie Woods was uh, very important for me at Confirmant to adjust to life in, uh, in the English or Scottish leagues. Uh, it was very, very important and he definitely uh, helped me progress. And he, he was such of importance as well at Celtic for me as well. He, was, he's, he is a fantastic goalkeeper coach. And um, um, so that was something that I, wa- I wanted to mention as well because it was very, very pivotal f- for me as well. But then, um, yeah, the, the Kilmarnock game is just unfortunate because, uh, you know, the goal that I conceded, it, it wasn't really in the games prior to that as well. Is that, um, of course, we had the, the Barcelona game um, and, and, you know, we had the Rangers game. So I made my debut against Aberdeen. Uh, there was not much to do in, uh, as a goal. Uh, the rim game, there wasn't much into it as well. Uh, so, so you were not able to, uh, to, to, to uh, make your mark in terms of making saves. There wasn't just not much to do. And then we had the Barcelona game. And then... Um, you know, then then you get the games. Are you still hearing me? Yep, I I just I lost oh. you slightly after. So I just said after the Barcelona game. Uh, after so yeah, after the Barcelona game, you you, you play Inverness away, which was a which we sold it in a draw, and then uh, Kilmarnock at home. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, a great individual move uh, from from the player, and then you know he, he has a shot from long distance. It goes in on the crossbar. And uh, I got injured during that uh, that dive, so I had to get off at, at halftime, unfortunately, within my back. And then, yeah, it's it's a tough time after that. Uh, does it knock your confidence? It sure does, because as a goalkeeper, you just wanna you wanna perform as well. You know, you wanna make saves. Unfortunately, at that time, I wasn't I wasn't really able to be put in the situation to make saves because the games were not there uh, or or the moments were not there for it. You know, there was not like. Many many shots on targets where I felt like I could do something special, or there wasn't anything to put my mark down. Um, and then, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I lost my place to to Craig Gordon, which is a great goalkeeper, by the way. And um, you know, it was ever since it was very hard to get back into the team. In terms of getting back in, you mentioned the fact it's difficult, but you still played your part in that season where you lift the treble. In terms of playing your part that season. Again, having played in Scotland at Dunfermline, how much did it mean to you personally, the fact that you were able to win the Scottish Cup that you'd lost out in before, that you were able to win the league title and the League Cup as well? It was just fantastic because, you know, I'm, I'm a team player as well and I just I was so happy for everybody involved at the club at the time. Uh, for the manager, you know, who came in brand new with a new technical staff. Uh, for the new players that came in as well, uh, I knew the size of Celtic, you know, and we just wanted to make our own mark in history as well. And it, it was just fantastic to be part of that that whole culture and, and the whole feeling what, what Celtic is about. And uh, yeah, to be unbeaten, to win the treble treble, uh, especially with great characters in the dressing room. 
or something that's uh, that's that's very very nice to to achieve and it's something to be proud of of course would you would you have loved to play more games yes i would but then yet again you know it was all about that team at the time it wasn't about the individual it's about the team and and that's why we were so successful that season as well I've got to ask you about a few of the players you played with who went on to, to get big moves. Firstly, obviously, Moussa Dembele and Kieran Tierney. Just how good were they? Because they were young players that clearly made their mark with Celtic, but have since went on to make their mark with Lyon and Arsenal, respectively. Yeah, no, Moussa I already knew from, from uh, when he was at Fulham. So I played with Forrest uh, against him. He wasn't able to score past me that season. <laughs> uh, so I managed to save a couple from him. But again, again, you could see he was something special. He was very young, strong, fast. He was, he was having an eye for a goal. He was he was very influential at uh, at Fulham. So you knew he was something special. And then I come in at at uh, Celtic, and uh, I see uh, KT, and straight away from the first training session on, you know, you could see he was special. He was very special. He was so aggressive, and, and he had such a lovely left foot as well. He was strong going forward, and he, he was one of those players that instantly that you know that he was going to make a mark in football. And, and those guys were of, of great importance, really. And it was actually great to see as well that, and, and these players, you don't really come across that often. And that's why it was nice as well to, uh, to be part of that Celtic uh, team uh, for, for a couple of years, is that you see what it means for like KT, who is a, a fan of the club, um, you know, and, and then able to, to, to come through the academy playing to the first team, then you can really sense what it's all about, you know, and that, um, and then it goes on for Arsenal and he's, he's, I already could sense it at the time and, and, and everybody could see it, that he was able to, to play at the highest level and um, he really, really kicked on. And it was fantastic to see what it means for, for, uh, for a kid, you know, who grown up as a Celtic fan and then to become a, you know, a, a Celtic first team player and do ever so well and then kick on to the next level is fantastic. In terms of Odson Edward, he's still at Celtic. He's, he's arguably Celtic star man. Do you think he can go on to achieve great things in football as well? It's, um, yeah, definitely. You know, it's kind of funny because uh, in, in the first, and, and this is always hard when you come from abroad into a new scenario where you don't really speak the language, you know, you, you're still in the hotel, finding a place to live. There's so much more behind the scene that comes on when you come as a new player or arrive as a, a new player within a club. And you always have to settle down and, and you hope to settle down as soon as possible so you can, you know, perform to your maximum uh, potential and ability. And uh, Otson, um, in the beginning, you, you looked at him thinking, oh, is, is, is he going to be, you know, is he, is he going to take that next level? You know, we, we of course, had Musa, you know, which uh, fantastic ability. And you were kind of hoping straight away that he could be uh, of the impact that Musa had. And it took him a little bit longer, but then yet again, you could see how special he is. You know, it's um, uh, in, in the beginning, I was like, you know, he's still young, uh, trying to find his feet. Uh, trying to, to to get to know the guys, and you can still he was a little bit more shyer, you know, and 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 he just took a little bit longer than Musa did to make an impact. But then yet again, now he's he's really really you know, especially the the last season that I was there as well, he started to flourish, and and that's how you see as well the 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 that the, yeah, the mindset and the the whole belief in yourself. How, how that can affect your career as well. And you could see that in Otson when, when, he, when he had some great performances and then all of a sudden his natural ability comes to shine. And he's a, he's a fantastic player and I would love to, you know, for, for him as well to 
in the end, it's inevitable, you know, for, for a club like Celtic as well. You're going to lose your best players probably in the end of the season. There will always be interest from Premier League clubs. And uh, that's that's just the unfortunate case that, that Celtic is in the, in the uh, Scottish Premier League. But then yet again, um, Hudson is, is definitely of quality for the Premier League, for sure. Even for the highest level, yeah. Last two questions. Um, this one applies, it could say it applies to Celtic, but for me it applies to all the clubs you've played at because you've been in the position where you've been the number one, you've been the number two and you're competing as well. Just what's it like when you're involved as a goalkeeper in training with your fellow goalkeepers? It's a daft question maybe. Do you have a good relationship with all the goalkeepers and the coaches or is that competitive edge there between all of you? Uh, yeah, there's always competitive edge. Uh, it's um, You're always competing for the number one spot. You know, and there's always going to be awkward moments uh, in between. But I was always that guy that was kind of respectable in terms of how I treat people. I, I treat people how I like to be treated myself. And um, and that's something that I do off the pitch, but I also do on the pitch. And of course, I want to have that competitive edge. And I, I believe in my, in my own ability. And that's something that I had to show. I, I fully believe that. If I was able to 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 be myself off the pitch, I would be able to be on the pitch, and um, uh, I never had any really awkward moments with my uh, with my fellow professionals. If if the other goal, goalkeeper was better, I was the first to say, you know, you're better, you're in a better shape at the moment, or you're, you're feeling in a better form. Then you know, go on perform. I would just try to do my best at the training pitch and, and hope to change the, the manager's uh, point of view. But yet again, in, in a goalkeeper's position, that is very very hard. Because once you start playing, you know, it's very hard to, to, to get out of the team and, and vice versa as well. But then, um, like I said, always got to respect your, your, your fellow goalkeepers. That was just something that I always firmly believed in. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, and, and like I said as well, the competitive edge is something that you need. You know, you, you need that to perform. You certainly do, and that's something that across every single position in the pitch, I think that competitive edge with competition really can can strive a player to to improve week in, week out. And the last question I've got for you, when when we look at your career overall, Telster, Den Haag, Dunfermline, Swansea, Wolves, Forest, Celtic, trophies along the way, promotions along the way, appearances at Wembley, Player of the Years, Championship, Golden Glove. How do you reflect in your career overall? Because... Upon interviewing you and researching your career, I know a lot of players, and myself as a fan included, that would that would kill for just half of what you achieved. Um, yeah, it's 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 not something that I look back on and say, you know what, you know, I I'm a little bit of a, a perfectionist at times as well because I look back and sometimes you know it could have been better, but then yet again it could have been so much worse, and I, I think it just penned out the way it it was meant to be. You know, uh, the Liverpool thing didn't happen. But then yet again, you know, I was I was very fortunate to have, and and that's something that I firmly believe in. I'm very very fortunate in terms of that I had so many experiences, whether it was a negative one or a positive one. You know, it, it all reflects on onto life off the pitch, uh, which is which is key. And uh, and to have experienced the fantastic clubs that I've used to play for, whether they were small and 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 not you know very well supported, like Telstar, for example. Uh, very small team, but again, again, the whole situation with the with the loyal fans that they've got, it was something phenomenal to experience. There was no money, but again, again, the whole togetherness at the club was fantastic. And then yet again, to end at, the, at you know with with Swansea as well, you know the promotional stuff, and uh, it was fantastic to be part of that. And it's it's something that I'm very very proud of. And and looking back as well, you know, it's you know it's just been been honoured at that club as well. 
and, and Celtic. And yet again, you know, it's just one of those iconic clubs like Forest as well, where you feel like, yeah, no, it's, it, they've got great history, great fan base, a great stadium to be, to be playing for. And um, yeah, it's, it's, something, it's something to be proud of for sure. Um, so yeah, but, but then yet again, I'm, I'm quite neutral sometimes in my own emotions regarding my own career. Um, but then yet again, I'm, like I said, very fortunate. Brilliant. Doris, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I've really enjoyed your insight and I wish you every single success for the future as well. Thank you very much, Callum, and I wish you all the best as well in the future. And uh, thank you very much for your, uh, for your good questions and uh, thank you very much for the interview. Thank you. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song Dive down to the ocean and we'll make her